0: Hello everybody, my name's Darren and I write a blog called The Demon's Voice, it's about movies and shit like that. You can find it at ademonsvoice.blogspot.com and I'm also on Twitter, at A Demon's Voice, of which you should definitely follow him because why the fuck not. Hi you all, have you had a good week? Mine's actually been pretty good as, uh, which is unusual. Uh, my dad and his horrible wife have gone on holiday, I don't know where, but fingers crossed for fucking Wuhan. Which means that I have a free house to live in right now, uh... And so I've been making the most of that by essentially rooting around the place, see what I can find, and then just wanking my dick down to the size of a sort of flattened bit of sausage meat. I've also grown a moustache too, which is sort of unrelated to the free house, but I haven't achieved much this year because of the coronavirus, and so I thought if I can grow a moustache, then maybe I'll feel like I have done something. The benefit of this is that I think it's always good to lower someone's or people's expectations before meeting me, and now I think people will be genuinely happy when they find out that despite how I look, I'm just not a paedophile. I've also been watching quite a lot of Game of Thrones for the first time recently. Uh, I don't know if you've seen it. It's quite good. Who knew? I got to the episode where Ed Sheeran turns up and I just like—I was like, why Why is he in this? Like, Beyond the fact that I don't like Ed Sheeran, like, celebrity cameos are the most pointless thing ever because they just take you out of the moment, don't they? You're not immersed in the world of Game of Thrones. Now you're thinking, oh, there's Ed Sheeran. Also, I don't like Ed Sheeran. And then in the next scene, Jim Broadbent turned up and I thought, oh, Jim Broadbent's in this now. He's really good because I'm a hypocrite. I also really wanted to read my book, and so I. And it was a sunny day, so I thought I'll go to a field that I know, which is fucking miles away, because I'll be able to enjoy the walk and then sit on the bench there and enjoy my book. So I walked all these fucking miles to get there, and I got there, and it was the most wholesome thing you'll have ever seen. It was, you know, people walking their dogs and kids with their families, and like there was a couple of kids in front of me playing football, and they'd like separated themselves into shirts and skins. And then I sat down to read my book, and I realised the problem now is that I'm reading American Psycho. And as the kids were playing around me, this was the genuine sort of bit that I read from my book. After I shave Tori's pussy, she lies on her back on Paul's futon and spreads her legs, while I finger her and suck it off, sometimes licking her asshole, then Tiffany sucks my cock. Her tongue is hot and wet and she keeps flicking it over the head, irritating me, while I call her a nasty whore bitch. Fucking one of them with a... And I thought, honestly, I'm going to have to go. I'm going to I'm have to go before I get a fucking twitch here and end up on the fucking sex offenders register. The fucking moustache isn't helping either at this point. Beyond that, I... Uh. What did I watch? I saw a film called Deep Blue Sea. Oh, have you seen it? I found that I... Uh, because of how shit this year is, I, I've been watching a lot of films that don't require much brain power, like, well, this and Snakes on a Plane. The question is, does Deep Blue Sea hold up? It's 20 years old now. I guess we'll find out when I read my blog to you. So, you know, that's what I'm gonna do now. Enjoy! Cheers! At one point in Deep Blue Sea, the genetically modified and super intelligent Psycho Sharks begin to strategically destroy the CCDV cameras that are being used to observe them, and I fully understand why. Ever since I was a kid, I have been paranoid that I am unknowingly being filmed for a hidden camera show, and that I'll do something embarrassing before I find out that I'm being watched. We all do odd things when we're alone, don't we? Some of us run up the stairs on all fours because of how much more efficient that makes the journey. Some of us make the dog noises whilst we do it. Some of us even do a tiny little shit on the floor when we get to the top before then waiting for our master to return home to rub our noses in it. Other people sing. I guess we all have our little quirks. Not that I know what a shark could do that it would be embarrassed about. They're basically just a big scary meat-tube of terror with giant gnashing teeth at one end and a presumably equally terrifying arsehole at the other. They're the Gary Busey of the fish world. If I'm alone and think that I'm secretly being filmed for television, then I start to create as many images of the Prophet Muhammad as I can as though I'm part of a big racist episode of TV's Art Attack. At least that way I might not be able to know whether or not I'm being filmed, but I can sure as shit guarantee that they won't be putting it on TV anytime soon. Deep Blue Sea might be completely fucking stupid, but if you'd secretly filmed me yesterday, then I think the most embarrassing thing that you'd have caught me doing was watching this shitty movie and really fucking enjoying it. Well, either that or the asphyxie wank, I suppose. Objectively, I don't think that I'm being unfair to claim that Deep Blue Sea is a massive wanky stain of shite. But at one point, the lead character, Thomas Jane, decides to remove a stuck registration plate from a shark's mouth by jumping into the water with it and then pulling it out with his bare fucking hands. Now... Are you seriously going to tell me that you don't think it's funny that this film wants us to believe that removing litter from a shark's mouth is a real fucking job? And even if it is, we're meant to believe that there's no better way of doing it than jumping in and pulling it out with your bare fucking hands. The only way that I can think of that being any more unnecessarily dangerous would be if Thomas James had first smeared himself in chum before jumping into the water and calling the shark's mum a fucking slut. When his boss Samuel L. Jackson asks him why he wanted to be a shark wrangler, Jane answers that, I've always liked the water. But surely there are safer jobs that involve the water if that's the main appeal. Be a lifeguard for fuck's sake. Even those trainers that wank off killer whales at SeaWorld have a safer job than him, and they're getting ragdolled around and fucking killed all the fucking time. And yet, as Spinal Tap's David St. Hubbins so profoundly declares, it's such a fine line between stupid and clever. Is Deep Blue Sea one of those movies that carefully walks that line? No. I've already said that it's really fucking stupid. But, watching it walk a tightrope of being both pure entertainment but also unwatchably fucking dumb was as magical as seeing how fucking well Samuel L. Jackson appears to have aged in the 20 years since this film was released. To fill you in on what the film is actually about, a scientist has created a bunch of super smart sharks in an underwater lab because she wants to find a cure for... Alzheimer's? Sure, why the fuck not. I don't know what the logic of that is, but the super-smart sharks retaliate by flooding the lab and killing the super-dumb scientists. At one point, a scientist has his arm bitten off as he lights a cigarette in a scene that could otherwise have been the most effective anti-smoking advert that I've ever seen in my fucking life. With the sharks having escaped and somehow managing to destroy the exits, the few surviving scientists conclude that the only way out of their base is to now go deeper down into it. In many ways, Deep Blue Sea is the Dante's Inferno of the cheesy subgenre of shark-centered B-movies. The lead scientist then admits to everybody that it was her who made the scientists... Who made the scientists? Who made the sharks smarter for her research. If only she made the fucking scientists smarter for her research. This leads to everybody, uh, the dumb scientists that I've just mentioned, being really mad at her, and I'm not quite sure why. Think of how much good a cure to Alzheimer's would be, compared to the risk of having a clever shark get loose. Sharks are scary, but I refuse to cower before a creature that's greatest weakness is the Chinese love of fucking soup. In actual fact, I think this scientist gets shat on by the other characters because of the simple fact that she's, as Roger Moore would say, a woman? Ah, Moonraker. That's when Bond meets uh, Dr. Holly Goodhead. Grow up, everyone. It's not a funny name. Yes, it is. Gratuitous underwater scenes aside, though, there's one female character that suffers an insanely gruesome death that goes completely unacknowledged by her male friends, with another being bitten right between the legs. By a shark, obviously. If it's not okay for a president to grab a woman by the pussy, then I certainly don't see why it'd be okay for a shark to do it. If you can get past the film's occasional descent into casual misogyny, though, I think there's one scene in this movie that makes the whole damn thing worth watching. LL Cool J quickly escapes by hiding in an oven, which is funny enough in itself, but even funnier when the shark then turns up a second later to turn the fucking oven on. My friend Chris once made me a slice of cheese on toast, in which he not only managed to burn the bread, and by burn I mean... literally he just pulled a lump of carbon out of the oven, but somehow managed to have the cheese also remain completely unmelted on top of it. If I'm thinking about it now, honestly, it was a fucking magic trick. But these sharks literally have a better knowledge of kitchen appliances and how to cook with them than my friend Chris does. Unfortunately for the shark, he somehow inhales too much gas from a crack in the oven, allowing LL Cool J to pull a lighter out from seemingly nowhere, and by nowhere I mean his arse, and to blow his attacker up. Of course, you might now be tempted to turn the film off because you'd think that surely nothing could top the scene that I've just described. You'd be wrong. Somebody begins to give a motivational speech that is so well done and inspiring that you'd think it was written by Shakespeare himself. If only Henry V had involved more killer sharks. Unfortunately, that speech is cut short when a shark does indeed turn up to grab the person in its mouth before flinging them about the scene with such an insane level of comic timing that I can't believe there wasn't also a fucking laughter track playing over it. People always talk about there being a type of film that's so bad that it's good, and Deep Blue Sea fits perfectly into that bracket. I think the trick is to try and make an actually good film and fail, but to fail in a way that is still kind of inventive. With a truly great film you might experience such a cinematic journey that you feel like you've been changed as a person from watching it. You might get gorgeous cinematography in which the images of such unquestionable beauty end up burnt onto your retinas. You might even spend time with some truly deep characters that are so well acted it's as though the performers have reached down into their souls to discover what truly makes us human. With Deep Blue Sea, I saw a shark fire Stellan Skarsgård through a plain glass window like he was a fucking missile. The film might be completely shit, but there was not a single moment of it in which I could have predicted what was about to happen next, and that was refreshing in its own stinky shit way. It's like the filmmakers had asked a child what they wanted from a shark movie, and then written down his answer to the fucking word. So little Jimmy, what do you want from a shark movie? Well, little Jimmy responds whilst chewing on fucking crayons. I want a big shark, and the shark cooks a man in an oven, and the shark throws a man through a window, and the shark grabs a woman by her pussy. Admittedly, that kid does sound a little unhinged, but the results here speak for themselves. It might not be up there to the standards of Jaws, but with the exception of having Samuel L. Jackson scream that he's had it with these motherfucking sharks in this motherfucking sea, I'm not sure how it could have been improved. Oh yeah, the misogyny. Thanks for listening, motherfuckers, and see you next time.